But first, a program created here in Chicago to prepare black and Latino girls for success. Well, it's getting some national attention. It uses group therapy to address a growing mental health crisis impacting teenage girls. The group's called WOW, which is short for Working on Womanhood. And new research from the University of Chicago Education Lab shows that WOW is working for girls. And the program's featured in the latest episode of Trade-Offs. That's a podcast about health policy. So here to discuss WOW and its potential to be a national model for school-based mental health programs is Trade-Offs host Dan Gorenstein. Good to have you, Dan. Hi, good uh, Good afternoon. Also with us, Ngozi Harris. Ngozi is WOW's Director of Program and Staff Development at the Education Nonprofit Youth Guidance. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So I, I want to start by listening to a clip from the podcast episode. I don't know a single parent of a teenage girl who is not incredibly worried about the state of their teenager's mental health. There's been this invisibility of black and brown girls in programming, in school settings. Today, as kids kick off a new school year, what schools can do to help girls of color navigate this growing mental health crisis and what's getting in the way. So we hear from both of you in that clip, but Ngozi, I, I want to talk with you first. Uh, working on womanhood, uh, it's been in select Chicago public schools since 2011, so the program's been around for, for a little while. Bring us back, though. Why was WOW created in the first place, and w- what problems was it setting out to try and fix? WOW was created, um, so we at Youth Guidance, we have a program called Becoming a Man, and it was created to address the needs of our young black and brown boys. And as we were going into the schools with those programs, the schools were saying, what about our girls? How, how can we support our girls? And at Youth Guidance, we had school-based counselors, school-based social workers who were doing this work, um, just one-off here, doing different best practices, doing counseling work. And they were all brought together to create a curriculum, create a program that could offer some best practices throughout. And once those um, counselors and social workers came together, we got the first version of the WOW program. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, we've been coming together to make sure we're still hitting the needs of our young people. We're listening to them and adjusting as needed. Yeah. Dan, how did you hear about the program? Uh, Well, we heard about the program through the University of Chicago, which conducted the research on uh, on WOW's program with girls. And uh, so we got we got the tip that way. And it was pretty clear, pretty quick that there was something meaningful happening through this WOW programming. What stood out to you specifically and enough to feature it on your podcast? Well, sure. Uh, You know, I mean, the 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 research basically what happened is that in 2017, while in the University of Chicago's education lab teamed up to run this randomized controlled trial. And so they, um, they put like 1,200 girls to receive uh, the counseling, the mentoring from WOW, and they compared it to girls just in high school getting regular school stuff, no mental health things. And what they found was that the number of girls with clinical mental health diagnoses stayed about the same, but the girls in WOW had their symptoms of anxiety drop 10%, depression 14%, PTSD 22%. And so all of a sudden, these girls who are being exposed to all kinds of levels of trauma and violence are seeing something change in them, are kind of getting better. Yeah. Talk more about the structure of the program for us in in, in Gozi and, and how many girls participate here in Chicago and what a group session 
looks like. Okay. Um, so right now we're serving about 2,600 young people throughout the Chicagoland and Waukegan area. Okay. Um, and it's pretty amazing what it is. So for me, myself, when I went to school, I knew I wanted to be a counselor and I knew I wanted to impact the lives of young people. And a lot of times, you know that the best way to access them is where they're at naturally in the schools. Um, being a school counselor, you have so much thrown at you that you don't get a chance to do this, um, this type of work often. Um, so at Youth Guidance, that is one of the unique features of Youth Guidance is that um, we're in the schools. Mm -hmm. We collaborate and partner with them so that we are in the school building. Um, we're running the groups in the school building, but we're also just there. So the structure of the program is that we're there in the building. Um, it's a weekly group that um, it's about 10 to um, 12 girls that are in one group, but yeah. each counselor is responsible between 50, 50 and 55 young people. So that's ends up being about five to six groups. And they're, they do the group on a weekly basis, but then they're also the counselor is also available for brief encounters in the hallway. So as they're having a passing period, they can see their wild counselor, they can see the wild shirt, yeah. and they get reminded of the things that they've been working on. We're also there for consultation with the school staff, the security guards, and um, the that teachers. proximity is so good, Yeah, having you right there. Yeah, so we can have those conversations about what are better ways to addressing how someone's showing up maybe with an attitude or quiet or you're seeing something off. We're there to support, hey, let's look at that, or they can refer them to the – Go see, go talk to the wild counselor and give them that option of just having somebody to be there, to be of support, to be that listening ear. Um, a lot of girls, um, when we've talked about it and young people have said, I hear my wild counselor in the back of my mind um, right before I make, I'm oh, getting good. ready to make this bad decision or this decision that can impact what I really want to accomplish they have that reminder or they'll see someone with a T-shirt or um, the bracelets or just all of those mm -hmm. different reminders to choose differently, to pause and choose differently. I mean, and let's talk about the acronym even. Wow, right? Such a positive word, right? And so that alone just adds to the experience. Uh, to your point, uh, in the podcast, Dan profiled a Chicago teen named Shekinah Jackson. And in the interview, uh, she talks about some of the reasons why she was struggling with low self-esteem. Let's listen. I have been bullied about my weight, my skin complexion, the way I talk. I have been bullied all throughout elementary school. I, I truly felt like I would never be good enough for anyone. How did you react, Dan, to her story? Uh, well, you know, Shekinah is a pretty inspiring, amazing young woman. Um, and the courage that she showed in talking to us, perfect strangers, you know, over the phone, um, and kind of not flinching, I think speaks for itself. But, you know, Shekinah was this, like she said in that clip, right? She didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And like when she started school, she was like the, that kid in the class who tried to disappear. She sat in the back, she kept her head down. And it was really kind of amazing. She told us this story about this one time about 10 sessions in, so it was the fall of her freshman year, and she and six other girls were handed a mirror, and they were asked to look in that mirror and describe what they saw. And what happened in that session for Shekinah and perhaps for the other girls 
was that they all started talking about like being teased, being taunted for asking questions, for caring about school, for how they look, for their weight, either too too heavy or too skinny or whatever. And all of a sudden, Shekinah's like, damn, I'm mm. not alone. And that was just like, that was this moment. And this like light bulb went off for Shekinah. And it was really powerful to hear her tell that story and the impact that 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 was like the key log for her. And then a whole bunch of things began to follow. And as Ngozi's talking about, like the programming sort of like is doing this work and giving the girls like Shekinah a place to go and be and speak and be heard and yeah. seen. Ngozi, uh, we also know from CDC data that teen girls are reporting record levels of mental distress, right? Um CDC found that in 2021, almost 60% of high school girls in the U.S. felt persistent feelings of sadness or hopefulness. Uh, nearly 20% had experienced sexual violence and 25% had made a suicide plan. Uh, we talked at the beginning about just, you know, the uh, resources that were available for young boys. And then, of course, the birth of, of WOW, trying to fill that gap for young girls. What is it do you think it is about young girls that... Um, makes things so challenging. Why does it seem as though they're more prone to suffering in silence as well? I w- so one of the things when I hear this, that I automatically think back to my teenage years and knowing that, like, yeah, that was me. Um, that experience of not feeling like I was enough, not feeling like I fit into someone's box. And it's... Um, in particular for black and brown girls, it is hard to answer everybody's pressure on you Mm -hmm. to fit their identification of you. And I remember I'm a a dark-skinned woman. I um, am half Nigerian. Um, Half of my family is from, my mother's family is from Greenwood, Mississippi, and I was born here in Chicago. I fit in no one's box. And no one has a problem with telling you you don't fit into the box. So it's society saying black women, you have to deal. And then you have black people, um, Nigerians, Africans, telling you you are not quite black enough. You're not African enough. You're not. Th- Everyone's saying you're not enough. Mm. And you're trying to figure out, like, well, who am I? What do I want to be? And everyone's telling you, like, but you have to go on. Um, and that that's so many of our um, young people's story. Like you like, yeah, let's put all of this on you and go on. And so I'm I am one of those people who, you know, had to go on. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, was in school every day. But at the same time, I was like trying to figure it out and suffering in silence, but still getting good grades, still showing up in school, still seeming like I had it all together. But I was suffering. And that's what our young people are going through. So you see yourself in these girls that you're working with today. Oh, 100%. And that's that's the unique quality of the WOW counselors. They are so much, um, they're so much like their young people. And a lot of them, when we do interviews um, to hire uh, WOW counselors or we talk to our current WOW counselors, it's they want to be the person that they needed when they were growing up. They want to show up for that one particular person that showed up for them. I had a teacher named Miss Terrell. Terrell. Her name was Miss Terrell. Mm -hmm. Terrell. Um, She was my one person. She was the one person that saw me and was very intentional um, 
And I want to be that for other people. Even though, like, I was going through so much, she was always that one that, you know, she was that teacher that, like, was very intentional and said, like, you good? You okay? Mm-hmm. She went on to be become a counselor because she saw, like, yeah. there was more of a need for that. And sometimes all you need is that one person. Exactly. Exactly. You just need that one to listen to you and yeah. make you feel seen. Uh, building connectedness, that's one of the most important aspects of WOW. Let's hear another clip from Shekinah Jackson. This time, uh, it was about how WOW changed the way that she sees herself. It felt like weights being lifted off my shoulders. It just felt good that I wasn't holding it in anymore and um, I can come and talk to someone about this and that I'm just not dealing with it all on my own. It's okay to reach out and ask for help and, and it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Like, it's okay to cry, but I don't have to sit there and suffer. Dan, what's Shekinah up to now? How, how has the program impacted her life? Yeah, well, she kind of talked, she kind of like walked us through a whole bunch of things after the fact. And, you know, it, it, everything from going from the, the kid who sat in the back of the class and never raised her hand to walking up one day, a week after that mirror uh, episode I was talking about a couple minutes ago, mm-hmm. walking up to the front of the class and asking asking the teacher for help. That was a huge thing for her. And that parlayed into lots of things. She uh she had the fortitude to get her grades up. She was able to kind of walk away from a toxic romantic relationship. And now uh, the line that we used in the, in the podcast, which is nice, like she has made her longest walk yet, 180 miles to Eastern Illinois University, where she's a freshman now. She's mm. she's really uh, figuring things out. And like you guys played that last bit of tape, you know, she's not afraid to ask for help. And I think like the thing that, the thing that really captures it for me is at 14, Shekinah was confident that she would not be good enough. And at 18 years old, Shekinah is just confident. Oh, I love that. Love to hear that. You talked earlier, Ngozi, about just the the, the coordination between the WOW counselors and, and, and the teachers. Tell us, you know, parents even who are listening, I mean, how do we spot the warning signs? Because early intervention plays a huge role in in the mental health of, of teenage girls. What are some of the things that we could look for even at home? I've got two teen girls myself. Yeah, I, I think it's more so about just the intentionality of just talking, talking about your experience, talking about um, just talking, just communicating, mm-hmm. just not giving up. I know um, I've watched teenage um, girls and um, boys really go through the process of wanting to shut down, wanting to um, close into themselves. And it's that one person that is just like, okay, you're not ready to talk today. Okay, I'm going to keep coming back, and I'm going to keep coming back. And I think as a parent, I have a teenage boys, but I also have three nieces. I, You have to keep at it. Yeah. You, you can't give up. Even when it feels like, oh, my God, they're making this as hard as possible, you have to keep at it because it's going to be in those moments that they know that you're consistent mm-hmm. and they can trust you that they're going to share. And it's in that sharing that you're going to realize what additional sports can I bring in? But it has to be in that consistently just asking and not from a judgy place, not from a place where it it's um, you trying to like get like interrogate or anything Mm -hmm. just from a place of, I want to be present. 
and I'm going to be not just as nosy. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be just as vulnerable as you. So I'm not going to not tell you what it was like for me as a teenager or what it's like for me as a grown woman to still be navigating some of these things, still be um, working on what does it mean for me today as a 42-year-old to be working on my womanhood and yeah. how I want to show up as a woman and when things get challenging and when I get activated and how I have to sometimes in meetings at work take those deep breaths and Ooh. do those things to bring myself back. I've so it's there. important. Yeah, we've, we, I think we've all been there. Uh, before we go, real quick, Dan, where can we listen to the podcast? Uh, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also on our website, uh, www.tradeoffs.org and uh, slash subscribe if you want to subscribe to, to the podcast and uh, also our newsletter and stuff. So thank you very much. We've been talking about the mental health crisis plaguing young girls and the success of the school-based group therapy program working on womanhood addressing the issue. Dan Gorenstein is the host of Tradeoffs. That's a podcast about health policy. And Ngozi Harris is WOW's Director of Program and Staff Development. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.